back to Revelations today. We uh, took kind of a break for for uh, Palm Sunday and Easter. So I'm coming back to it today and uh, the last message we had was in the ninth chapter and we're going back there because I didn't finish it. But uh, you remember there was seven angels that had seven trumpets ready to sound and last week we were looking at the uh, not last week but the last time we were in Revelations we were looking at the uh, fifth trumpet that sounded and now today we're at the sixth trumpet Uh, so because five have already been blown. But let's, let's read together chapter 9, beginning at verse 13 through 21. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day, and a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000. And to those who are college graduates, that's 200 million. And I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and then that sat on them, having breastplates of fire and of jacinth and brimstone, and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouth issued fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for the tails their tails were like unto serpents and had heads, and with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. So, I want to go back and just pick out some things here. Now, I know a lot of this is symbolism, but I'm not going to get into the symbolism, because anything you get into... Uh, it's just speculation. All I'm going to do is let the Bible say what it says and uh, uh, leave it alone. But uh, we see that first of all, when this sixth angel sounded, that he said, I heard a voice, a single voice, from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. Now these are not ordinary angels. They are bound angels, which tells you that they are demonic spirits 
demonic angels because the heavenly angels are never bound. But these are. They are bound there. How long they've been there, I don't know. Uh, but I know that you bind somebody to keep them from doing something that you don't want to do. You can try that on your kids when you, you know, just tie them up. They won't do anything that you don't want them to do. And so God, for some reason, had these four demonic angels, fallen angels, bound in the great river Euphrates. And he said the four angels were loose, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year. You know what that tells you? God is being specific how long, exactly how long they were prepared. It tells me that God is the one that's in control. Amen. Uh, you know, in the fullness of time, He sent His Son. Uh, Jesus on several occasions, or at least one occasion that I can think of, told His mother, He said, My time has not yet come. And so... He did not present Himself as the Son of God until His time came. And then John the Baptist announced it for Him. Uh, this is the Son of God uh, that taketh away the sins of the world, or the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Another thing that's interesting here is that they were bound in the great river Euphrates. And Euphrates... Uh, was a special river uh, named, first of all, over in Genesis because this is one of the four rivers that flowed uh, through Eden. Uh, there, the Garden of Eden, where, uh, where uh, Adam and Eve were placed after they were created. Uh, created. He put them there to till the ground. I didn't know they had rototillers back then, but... <laughs> Uh, they didn't. I, I don't know how they tilled it. Probably with a, with a hoe, stone or something. But, but anyway, put them there to till the ground. And so this was the first place where Satan came uh, before Adam and Eve and tempted Eve. She sinned. Sin was born there in the uh, great river Euphrates. And then, of course, Adam, uh, not being deceived according to the Bible, he, took, he partook of the fruit by his own will. And probably because he knew that he loved Eve and he knew that she had fallen and he didn't want to be left alone, so he just went along with her. This was also the place where the first murder ever took place where Cain slew Abel in that vicinity and uh, the first grave that was ever dug was dug there where Abel was put in the ground and then uh, also this uh, this river was where we have the, or had the Tower of Babel was started there by Nimrod and it was a false religion. And all of the false religions of the world, even what we have today, originated there at the Tower of Babel. And so when God confounded their language and they were scattered all over the world, they took 
that false religion with them. And so it, it was the birthplace of false religions, religions that worshipped other gods besides the God of heaven. And so these were fallen angels, and they were at the river Euphrates, bound. And then he said that this voice came from the golden altar, which is before God. Now this is not the first place that we have seen this altar in the book of Revelations, but <clears throat> there were two altars <clears throat> at the Old Testament tabernacle and two altars at the uh, temple. Uh, in Jesus' day, they had not Solomon's temple because Solomon's temple had been destroyed and Herod rebuilt it. And so they called it Herod's temple. But even there, they had the Jewish people had two altars. One of them was a brazen altar, and the brazen altar was back there. It was the altar of sacrifice. It was a place where they slew the animals. And then he would take that blood uh, in, inside the veil. But also, on the Day of Atonement, once a year, he would sprinkle that blood on the golden altar, and that golden altar represented the prayers of the saints. They burnt incense on it, which was the prayers of the saints. And that tells me that if you want to pray to God, if you want to get through to God, you have to have an experience back here at the brazen altar first. You can't just approach God in your sins. You can sure approach Him after the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ has cleansed you and washed you white as snow. Then you can pray. The only prayer that God will hear from a sinner is the, the prayer of forgiveness. And that's based on the brazen altar. That's based on Calvary. So this came from the brazen altar and from the river Euphrates. <coughs> and then we see the release of these demons. That leads us to the return of death. You know, under the fifth trumpet <coughs> that we last looked at, death had took a holiday. The Bible says that they sought death and couldn't find it. They could not die. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if they had had newspapers back then, all of the obituary columns would have been empty for five months. And here again, that tells us that God is in control. They only could do their particular evil for five months. No longer. But uh, <clears throat> they, uh, death had returned and... They were, they were tormented five months, but now death returns. <clears throat> it says they killed one-third of the world's population. Uh, there was, I think, one-fourth of the men killed in chapter 6 and verse 8. There was a quarter of the world killed. Now there's one-third. If you add one-third and one-quarter together, that's over half. 
of the population of the world. You know, the church is already gone. All believers have already been raptured. They've gone on to be with the Lord. They're in heaven. And so they're not a part of this great tribulation. And so the, the people that are left after the church is gone, and when I say church, I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about believers in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, have been raptured. And so, you know, I, I doubt that that would be half uh, because Jesus said, wide is the gate that leads to destruction and many there be that enter therein. But He said, narrow is the gate that leads to life everlasting and few there be. So there's going to be more people lost than there are saved. And so whatever amount of people is left on the earth, first of all, there was the one quarter of men that died and now uh, on this judgment at the sixth trumpet there's one third and so that's over half the population I don't know how many people that would be none of us do God does but we don't know but that's terrible you know we hear of, of thousands being killed somewhere in uh, you know some maybe uh, weather related uh, a tornado or a hurricane or a tsunami or something and it just you know we can't imagine it but can you imagine a third of the population of the world being killed and he says here that the number of the army is 200 million some say human that's a human army and some say demons, that it's demonic. Now, I believe it's demonic. But I do know that in the 70s, China had boasted that they could field a man's army of 200 million. They named the exact number that the Bible uh, names. But I don't believe this is China. And a little further over, uh, we read of the uh, river Euphrates being dried up. And then the armies of the east come marching across. But they're headed for Armageddon. They're headed to the Middle East uh, to war and to fight. And here, this, these uh, uh, half or third of the, of the people that were killed, it, it, that's worldwide. That's worldwide. It's not just the Middle East. And when they cross that Euphrates, when it's been dried up, it don't tell us the number of people that are there. But any, anyway, and then we have a description of the horses as the Bible describes them. And I, as I said, I'm not going to get into that because that would be speculation. But it said they had, uh, there were horses and they had heads of, of lions or like lions. Well, I'm going to let that be a horse with a head like a lion. Because I, I don't know what it is. Some, somebody say, well, that's helicopters or that's uh, rockets, you know, uh, describing that kind of warfare. I don't know. I don't know what it is, and they don't either. They're just guessing. But, but the Bible said that they had, uh, uh, the armies had breastplates of fire, and jacinths and brimstone. That's fire is red. Uh, 
and thus jacinth is, is blue, dark blue, and brimstone is yellow. That's sulfur. It kind of reminds me of what God said about Sodom and Gomorrah. He destroyed them with fire and with brimstone. But he said their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails were like unto serpents and had heads, and with them they do hurt. Now here's the thing that I want to focus on this morning. And I don't like to do this, but it's God's Word. And I'm committed to preaching God's Word. And let me, let me tell you something. When we get to reading this, if, if, if any of this hits you, if you're guilty of any of these sins, and you have repented, you've dealt with God about it, and I'm not here to beat you. I'm going to tell you that if you've repented of any of these things, don't matter what sin it is, if you've repented, I'll stand in your corner and I got your back. <laughs> because we all have sin in our lives, right? Yes. Uh, none of us are pure except through the blood of Christ. Amen. And so i got to cover this. But he said, And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. So they were... In that day and time, they will have devil worshipers. And we got them in our day and time too. And we also have idol worshipers in our time. Idols of gold, silver, brass, and stone, and of wood. And did you know that if you were to take an idol of any kind, and you decided that you were going to bow down to that thing and worship it, even though it can't hear, see, or do anything for you, a demon would attach himself to that idol and just do enough to make you think that that idol is working for you. You say, oh, Brother Howard, we don't do that in America. Really? How many of you got a rabbit's foot in your pocket? or in your wallet, or your pocketbook. And you'll rub that thing for good luck. To a Christian, there's no such thing as good luck. You have God's blessings. Or you don't have God's blessings. And that rabbit foot won't bring you luck. It didn't bring luck to the rabbit. <laughs> Or a four-leaf clover. You know, you find a four-leaf clover and you make a wish. And if it comes true, you give credit to the four-leaf clover. Now you tell me that's not an idol. God, the very first commandment said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. In other words, I'm to be your only Amen. God. Yes. They repented not. Now you know, if I 
I believe that if I was living in that day and time and I saw a fourth of the world's population destroyed and then I saw angels or demons that tormented men for five months who didn't believe, who were unbelievers, and then I saw this great army destroy a third of the world's population, I believe I would repent. I think I would trust Christ as my Savior and get right with God. But it said here that they, they didn't repent. They repented not of the works of their hands. They repented not. They were hardened. They had seen already so much and their heart was hardened. Did you know you can harden your heart yourself? You don't, you don't have to have God's help. When God sends the Holy Spirit by you and He convicts you of your sin and you sit there and you say, well, not today. Not today. Not today. Some other time. I won't do it now, but maybe some other time. Do you know that finally, as you harden your own heart, God will say, Brother, that is your final answer. Whew. That's your final answer. You keep turning God down and turning God down, uh, and finally He says, that's it. And your heart is so hardened that when things like this happen, when the Holy Spirit uh, uh, invites you to Christ, you say no. You will reach the point to where you don't want to be saved. You just don't want it. And I believe that's what had happened here. They repented not. And then not only idolatry, but it says they repented Neither repented they of their murderers. I don't know if you live in Putnam County, but the only channel that we get on TV is Channel 4 for the local news. And every day, people are killed. Some way, somewhere, somehow, all over Jacksonville. I'm glad it ain't that way here yet. But murders... Every day we have lost the uh, holiness or the sacredness of life. People don't have that anymore. They'd just as soon kill you as they had to look at you. And that's, I'm assuming that's all over the world. Uh, you know, we talk about the third world nations. And as far as murder goes, we've already reached that ourselves, or condescended. We're down. But not only that, but uh, you know, you might say, "Now, don't get political." Uh, but I'm going to get biblical. Murder—that's the taking of anybody's life, and especially innocent lives. God had said. Uh, if any man uh, kill another man, by man shall his blood be shed. So I'm not talking about that. 
I'm talking about the taking of innocent lives, and namely abortion. Did you know that so many of the people that are running for president of the United States in 2020 are in favor of b- abortion right up to birth? And you tell me that's not murder? Why, if you're going to do that, why not wait until they get three or four years old and then see if you like them, and if you don't like them, just go ahead and kill them. That's the same thing. Neither repented they of their murders. And if you condemn, if you say anything about abortion today, and those people who, who say, oh, we're, we're open. We just receive anybody and everybody. No, they don't. You take a stand for God's Word. You take a stand for that is right, what's right, and they will not receive you. Amen. They will push you out. They repented not of their murders. You know why these people didn't repent? It's because they didn't see anything wrong with it. And you talk to people who are in favor of those abortions. They say, well, a woman has a right over her own body. And I say, yeah, but that ain't her body. That's a person in there. That, that could be another... Billy Graham or another Albert Einstein or whoever you want to name inside that womb, that's an individual person. And they need that motherly instinct of protection and love and caring. But they don't. You know why? To cover their sin. To cover their sin. We'll just get rid of them. We'll just, we'll just make us some aprons of fig leaves and cover it up. And it didn't work then, it won't work now. God still sees it. And one of the things that the Bible says God hates is hands that shed innocent blood. And then it says, nor of their sorceries. And that word sorceries, we usually associate it with witchcraft, but it's, it's more than that. It's the same Greek word that we get our word pharmacy from. Do we have a drug problem in America? Amen. Even in rural America. Even in Crescent City. Seville, Pearson, all these small little cities where nothing ever happens, you got a drug problem. People are hooked on drugs and they'll do anything in the world to supply that drug habit that they have. There are people here in Crescent City area that's as old as I am, or some of them may be older who have prescriptions from a doctor for pain pills or some kind of meds that they can sell out there on the street and they'll have that prescription filled and then supplement their social security by selling it. Now I don't know who they are. I mean, I'm I'm not in that drug culture. But I've talked to kids that were on drugs that said, yeah, 
yeah, they do that. And we know who they are. We know where to go to get whatever we want. Repented not of their sorceries, their enchantment with drugs. And in the day of the Antichrist, when he's here and when he's calling for all people to worship him, maybe he needs some kind of mind-altering drugs to feed them with, to give them to them so that they would yield and worship him. And then it says here, nor of their fornication. Fornication is an attempt to destroy what God, His plan, His plan, His plan was for one man and one woman to marry and then have sex and multiply. Now, if two people get married and you only have one kid, you, you ain't multiplied. <laughs> you went, you're at minus one. Just to break even. If you got two, you broke even. If you got three, then you've multiplied by one. The Bible says, Blessed is a man whose quiver is full. So some of you need to <laughs> no, I won't go any further with that. <laughs> but they repented not of their fornication. God says, Your body is not for fornication. And let me let me just let my hair down and get right down where everybody is. People say, oh, Brother Howard, you shouldn't be so plain. Satan is. Satan wants to tell our young people something. He's plain. He don't talk over their heads. And I'm not smart enough to talk over your heads. So I'm just going to let it all hang out. Alright? Fornication. Sex prior to marriage. God created sex and it's good. But your timing stinks. Your body is not for fornication, premarital sex. Your body is the Lord's. But people say, oh, let's let's you know, let's just go ahead and have sex and then maybe later on get married. And that maybe. You know, well, let me ask you something. The old saying goes, why would you buy a cow when you can get milk through the fence? Why would anybody want to tie their self down with marriage and responsibility if all they want is fornication? You know, just fornicate and we won't get married. That's what the Bible says. This is not Howard. This is the Bible. And then it says, nor of their thefts. <laughs> Everybody has problems in their area with thieves. All honesty is unheard of here in this. 
and especially if they're on drugs, if they're on drugs, they will steal anything that ain't nailed down so that they can supply their habit, so that they can keep their habit. You say, now, Brother Howard, I just don't believe that God would harden people's hearts like this. No. And He'll let them do it. If you don't believe that's right, look at Romans chapter 1. The Bible keeps saying He gave them over to whatever it was they were hanging on to. He gave them over to that. He gave them up. He gave them over to a reprobate mind. And all because they knew God, but they honored Him not as God. To honor God means that everywhere you go, everything you do, everything you say, it all glorifies God. It all honors Him. Let me ask you, does everybody around you know that you're saved? Do they know that you're God's child? Because you honor Him with your life. You glorify Him with your life, with your language, with your habits. You, you glorify Him. I want you to listen. We know all of these things are coming as Christian. I mean, you know they're coming. What are you doing about it? What are you doing with that knowledge? Are you telling anyone else? Are you sharing the Lord Jesus Christ with someone else? You know it's coming. You know that those demons are going to destroy a third of the whole world's population. And we ain't through yet. We're just in the ninth chapter. There's more to come. We know that's ahead of us. What are you doing about it? Are you telling anyone? Are you sharing your faith with somebody else? Are you telling them that they need Christ? Are you witnessing? You say, well, I can't do that. Let me ask you something. What would you think of our weathermen around if they knew that there was a Category 5 hurricane coming across the Atlantic and it was going to hit in Daytona and move right through here. What would you think of them if they all got together and said, well, now we don't want people to panic, so let's just keep it quiet. That's not a tragedy. That's criminal. And the same applies to me and you. If we know Christ, if we know the pardon and forgiveness of our sins, and we come in contact with someone every day, who don't know it, and we don't tell them it's criminal. Yeah. And then I want to ask you lost. Maybe, and I don't know, maybe there's someone here today that don't know Christ as their Savior. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today and saying, today, today is the day. Today, now is the time of salvation. Harden not your hearts. And you're sitting back there and you're thinking, well, I won't do it today. No, Lord. 
No, not today. Not today. Some other time. Not today. And He's called you before and you've said that same thing. There is a possibility that your heart would become so hard that you would reach the point that you really never would want to be saved. You just reach that point. I don't want it. It's, it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a living God. We're going to sing an invitation hymn. I want you to come and receive Christ as your Savior. Just surrender to Him. Just come saying, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm lost. I know I deserve hell. But I know that you died for me on Calvary's cross and you paid my sin debt and I'm coming today to receive you, to trust you as my Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you're saved and you haven't been telling it, you haven't been showing it, you haven't been sharing it, you need to get right with God. We don't have a whole lot of time left and I'm not naming dates. But I'm telling you, it's coming. The end is coming. One day, that trumpet's going to sound and, and you won't be here to witness anymore. Just somebody in your life, somebody you come in contact with every day that don't know Christ and you haven't shared it with them. Maybe somebody in your own family that's lost and you haven't spoken with them about the Lord. As I said a moment ago, that's criminal. That's criminal. God help us. Whatever your decision might be, maybe there's someone here who uh, wants to join this church. And I, I know we're running, well, we're not late. We're still alive. We're still breathing, so we're not really late. <laughs> but if you, want to, if you want to move your membership here, whatever, whatever the Lord is laying on your heart, we want you to do it as we stand and sing. What number, Kevin? Hymn number 375. Number 375. As I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, in that thou biddest me come to thee. as I am and waiting to lead my soul of one dark blood to thee whose blood can cleanse each bottle of God I come, I come.
Seat for just a moment. 